Good morning. Our first lesson today is taken from the first chapter of Genesis. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome, and it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky, to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the lighter, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind, with which the waters swarm, and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things, and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind, and the cattle of every kind, and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. 
God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning on the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. We will read Psalm 8 responsively by verse. O Lord, our Lord, how exalted is your name in all the world. You have set up a stronghold against your adversaries to quell the enemy and the avenger. What is man that you should be mindful of him, the son of man that you should seek him out? You give him mastery over the works of your hands. You put all things under his feet. The birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever walks in the paths of the sea. Our second lesson comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul writes, Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order, listen to my appeal, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Here ends the readings. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 28th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated at this time the children's sermon. You want to come forward. Okay. Okay, we're ready. Okay, good. Good morning. Gracious God, guide our words as we speak and listen in this moment together. So today is the Sunday of the Holy Trinity, and the Trinity is about one God who has revealed God's self in three ways. And already you can see some signs of the Trinity. You have three crosses behind you on that uh, pyramid there at the altar. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's also on the, the pulpit. Can you think of any other things 
that are one with three parts. Not necessarily in the church, but in, in your lives. So, well, one that I think you'll be t- dealing with in children's church is a clover. A th- they, they do grow as four-leaf and three-leaf clover, but a three-leaf clover has three leaves. They're all different. And one plant, a three-leaf clover. That's one. Another one is this triquata on the cover of our bulletin, which is kind of from the early church, uh, Celtic tradition, so that knot has three, three shape, it's one shape, but three holes, and that has been a reminder of the Trinity. And one that you'll be very familiar with that I'm going to give you in a minute, I didn't open them because you can open them, but a pretzel. Doesn't that sound exciting? I, okay. They'd probably be great during the sermon, just to munch and listen for a few. But a, a pretzel, there is a tradition that pretzels were, uh, some monks in monasteries wove the one, one thread of um, dough into the sign of folded arms of children praying. And in, by doing that, there were three holes. So one piece of dough, three holes, one pretzel, three holes, the Holy Trinity, one in three. So when you take the pretzel, it's really a good reminder of the Trinity. One pretzel, three holes, and reminding you that we know God, one God, has shown his love in creation, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with each of you. Amen. So the pretzels are here. Please take a bag or two. I have, there's plenty. And, uh, or maybe just take them back to Children's Church. Would that be good? That would be fun. Okay. And make sure you have some and, and take pretzels. We want them to remind you of the Trinity. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> I hope you enjoy them. That sounds like you will. Thanks. Okay. Part of the um, joy of, uh, of our worship is our children with us and the joy and excitement they show. And another joy in the life of the church is a, a synod assembly. I, we gather together and we see people we've known and I was able to spend the day with Judy um, and seeing other people and being together created for community is certainly the theme, was the theme of our assembly and is a way to understand the Holy Trinity. Almighty God, may the words that are spoken and how we listen be guided by the Holy Spirit and true to the Holy Gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Although the Trinity is not found in the scriptures, today's second lesson includes the apostolic greeting that began our liturgy. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's the Trinity. 
In the Holy Gospel, Jesus sends the disciples out to baptize, and they are baptized as everyone who has been baptized here and in the church has been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. More than a doctrine, the Trinity expresses the heart of our faith. We have experienced God as our creator of our lives and the creator of this garden in which we live and all that is in it. We have experienced God as Savior Jesus Christ, true God and truly human, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, buried, raised from the dead, ascended to heaven. And we have experienced God as the Holy Spirit, God with us now, stirring our faith, forming our faith, never away from us, and whenever we breathe, we can remember how close the Holy Spirit is in that gift of the breath of life. So we celebrate this mystery of the Holy Trinity. I can't explain it to you. It is a mystery of our faith. We celebrate it in word and sacrament. We celebrate it in the profession of faith today in the Nicene Creed. We celebrate it as we are being sent out to be the body of Christ in the world and to share the Holy Trinity. In the Holy Trinity, again, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We know God as life, word, breath. We know God as creator, savior, advocate. The ways God has revealed himself active in each of our lives. One God, three ways we are being touched and formed. In the Genesis passage, in the beginning, in the darkness, in the formless void of chaos, disorder, God creates order. The spirit, the breath, wind swept over the face of those turbulent waters. In every part of this passage on creation, God speaks the word and calls into creation being. Nothing comes into being except through God's word. This is a statement, this very creation story is a statement of the Holy Trinity. For the Trinity is present. God is the creator. God is speaking the word and the word is Jesus Christ. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, present then too, stirring and moving those waters just as the Spirit moves in each of our lives. Some Cappadocian fathers in the fourth century, and that just means there were three bishops that came to under, and that would be Cappadocia in Turkey, fourth century, came to understand the Trinity as a circling around. And certainly reading Genesis sounds like there was a movement and a circling around in this act of creation from chaos to order. God as flow. God as radical relatedness. God as perfect communion between the three. A circle dance of love. That trinity, that community, 
are in unity for the good of all creation. The holy or the mystery of the Trinity is the grace, the love, the close partnership that characterizes the bond of that community. Described in uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 11. We just read it. Put things in order. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. We might not always agree. And even at a synod assembly, we don't always agree. But we don't walk out either. We stay together. We have ways of order to talk and listen. And we try to seek to understand and discern how God is moving in the midst of that gathering, in the midst of this worship, in the midst of the call process, in the midst of the ministries that you are doing in this community, in the midst of children's church. The Spirit stirring everywhere. We also receive the promise of baptism into the community of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which incorporates each of us and all people into a life, into a life that not even death can destroy. We are caught up and part of that mysterious dance of the Holy Trinity that never ends. In the story of creation, the Trinity's creation, God says, is very good. In Genesis 1, 27 to 28, so God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. God created them. Male and female, God created them. God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God entrusts the mastery over creation to us. This mastery is a trust, and we are called to produce the same gifts of the Trinity, which are grace, love, partnership, in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As in the 36th annual Lower Susquehanna Synod Assembly, the theme was we are created for community. And we find a place for each other and all people, strangers and everyone. We are created to be in community. Yes, we can go apart and pray, and we should. But it is community we are created for. Sent out to be fruitful and inhabit the earth. In 1 Corinthians 12.25, that is stated in a beautiful way so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should be equal, have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, all suffer. If one part is, part is honored, every one rejoices with the one who is honored. This community doesn't mean that we all look alike or we're same color or we even always agree. This community is diverse and colorful and includes everyone everywhere, all of God's creation. But mastery of, as we have practiced it, mastery as we have practiced it in this garden has not always led to grace, love, and close relationships. 
Marvin Wickware, Jr., Assistant Professor of Church and Society and Ethics at the Lutheran Theological Seminary in Chicago, writes, and I quote, the embrace of mastery by Christians is the foundation of our histories of dispossession, colonization, slavery, as well as contemporary legacies of widespread economic exploitation of and violence against billions of God's children. It grounds the radical individualism that undermines the fabric of urban and rural communities. It fuels the, what he's saying is that our uh, mastery uh, fuels ecological devastation that threatens every one of God's creatures on this planet, end of quote. Those are challenging words. They, they can be difficult words, but they are really uh, words that call us to join this dance of, of the Holy Trinity, to share grace, love, and to work for close, supportive partnerships with each other and all people. Presiding Bishop Elizabeth Eaton began her remarks yesterday at our Synod Assembly saying, we acknowledge, and we were at Trinity Camp Hill, we acknowledge that we are on the ancestral land of the Susquehannock indigenous people. And we recognize their care for this land, which was their homeland. And we honor their legacy. Within the Lutheran Church, there is a movement for these statements of acknowledgement to those who were first here. A humbling statement, but very important if we really want to be a community, to recognize the gifts of those who were here before us. The words of a hymn that I have come to love, it isn't in, uh, it's in the um, evangelical Lutheran worship, and, and sometime I'm sure Emily or or Ben will be able to introduce you to this hymn, but Richard Leach writes a hymn, has written a hymn, it's rather new hymn, Come Join the Dance of the Trinity. The hymn describes God, Creator, Savior, Comforter, as a dance of life-giving love. God is dance of love, in love with all creation, and always giving love. And we know that's what God, the Trinity, is doing. That's not a surprise that someone had to write a hymn about. You're living it. This dance of God's love in the Holy Trinity. We look outside and we see it. It's also true that any violence in this garden is devastating to God's dance. Violence fractures the dance that's meant to include everyone. That is why racism is also so devastating to this dance. The feelings that might think or make some feel superior and motivate them to keep the dance less diverse, less filled with color, less inclusive. A dance of people of only one color will never be the dance of the Holy Trinity. And to your vision and foresight, you have a 
picture of Jesus who is not white, and you have other children in that picture of a multitude of colors, so you are proclaiming exactly what this dance of Trinity looks like, some diversity. At the Senate Assembly, Judy will tell you this very quickly, um, each congregation can send two voting members, a male and a female. We yesterday expanded that to include a children and youth in addition, a third, and the fourth would be a person of color or a person whose language is other than English. As a synod, we are trying to be diverse of color and inclusive. Bishop Eaton said that's the only synod that's done that so far in the ELCA. It won't happen overnight. It'll take time. But we are in the stirring of the Holy Spirit. The words in, in Leach's poem, uh, poem, hymn, Come Join the Dance of Trinities, verse 1 is especially helpful for us today. And I'm re just reading it. It's almost poetic. Come join the dance of Trinity before all worlds begun. The interweaving of the three, the Father, Spirit, Son. The universe of space and time did not arise by chance, but as the three in love and hope made room within their dance. Within their dance for you, for all people. God making room for us all. We are called to join this dance of Trinity, this life-giving love, loving each other, respecting our full humanity in a beautifully colorful, diverse community. The gift of the triune God has placed us here now. You are not here by chance. You are here with purpose and reason that God knows. And part of it is to be in and include others in this all-encompassing dance that will be incomplete until we are all in it. Again, the dance of Trinity is not about how we dance on the floor but it is about faith guiding moves of sacrifice, mercy, hospitality, listening, affirmation, a place for everyone, love, yoke-lifting, neck-freeing, grace for all. Amen. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with each of you.